Who's glad to be in church today? Amen. Who needs church today? Amen. Need church today, man. It's, it's a good day, and I, I'm believing God for amazing things. Keep Megan in your prayer. She's back in the hospital, has a fever. And I understand that from what Michelle has said on Facebook that it's to be expected from her treatment. She's getting the fevers and things, and, and that's even a sign that it's working. So uh, just pray for her that God strengthen her. Pray for her family that, that God strengthens them because this is a trying, trying time. And I believe that God is going to bring her through this, and everybody is going to be better for it. I have to believe that. Amen. Because as I'm going to read in a little while, that all things work together for good. For good. And I'm believing that good will come from, from this. So keep them in your prayers um, that, that God would strengthen them and, and heal her. Um, and, and we'll all keep, anytime Megan or the Cupper family crosses your mind throughout the day, lift them up in prayer. If it's every 30 seconds or if it's every three hours, whenever you think about them, you see a post, you hear something, pray. Right then, right there, under your breath, in your mind, in your heart, something, just touch God for them right then. And that's what strengthens, that's what keeps them. The Bible says the, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth or gets much done. So we want to surround them with prayer and lift them up. So uh, let's continue to do that. I'm excited today about our series in the month of July, and it's all centered around freedom, and freedom is a big deal. Pastor Andrew did an amazing job last week introducing us to this series and what Jesus did for us so that we could be free. I'm, I'm fired up today. Mostly I'm mad at the devil because he is who he is, and he does what he does, but the, the deal is that he's, he's, he's kept... You know, we, we hear about the man. The devil is the man. And he's, he's kept us down long enough, and he's messed with us long enough, and we need to declare some things today, and, and we're, we're going to do that. What I took away from last week that was, to me, bigger than anything else is anything. Everybody say anything. Anything that controls me is bondage. It doesn't matter if it's a Big Mac or a joint. Anything or relationship. Anything that controls me is bondage. And we can be free by the power of Jesus Christ. So the rest of this month, we're going to be talking about being free. And we're going to talk about specific areas of our lives and how we can live in freedom. And it dictates who we are. Uh, I believe that we can be in a place of freedom and not be free. I'm going to say it again. I believe we can be in a place of freedom. This is a place of freedom. I believe we can be in a place of freedom and not be free. And I don't want to live that way. I'm going to cite some specific examples, but I want to live free. I want my life to be free. I want the lives of my family to be free. So we're going to experience Freedom, And we're going to give you some, some, some stuff in specific areas of your life this month that's going to help us live free lives. Does that sound good? All right. Who wants to be free? Amen. Today we're going to talk about having a free mind. Everybody say free mind. Free not as in no price tag. Free as in not a slave. Free as in not bound by anything. I believe, and this is, this is just 
where I'm going to place value in this. I believe this is the single most important aspect of us being free. I believe our mind is vital to us living free. I did a devotional a few years back that Joyce Myers put out called Battlefield of the Mind. I've given it a plug before. I'm going to give it a plug again. Do it. You can get it at Bible.org, the Bible app. It was, I don't know if it's free now, but it was free when I did it, this four-week Bible study, and it's devotional, and it's about freeing your mind and being transformed by having a new mind, and it's, a, it's an amazing Bible study because that is central to what we will do and central to what we will be is, is what happens in our mind. I'm going to give some examples today about what I just referenced a few minutes ago about being in a place of freedom and not being free, and then we're going to talk about how we're going to change that. Is that Okay. All right, we all want to be free. If, if you don't know, uh, the, the children of Israel are God's chosen people. They're, they're God's kids. They're God's children. And in the Old Testament, they spent, a, I, I don't know this to be a fact, but out of all of our read out of Scripture, I think they have been either oppressed or been in slavery more than anybody else in the history of man. And that's the, the Israelites, the, the nation of Israel, that, that what is the nation of Israel now, those people have been enslaved or oppressed more than anybody else in history. And the story I'm going to talk about today is when they were in slavery in Egypt, and, and the Bible says their, their journey from slavery and slavery together was 430 years. That's, a, that's that one instance. That's a long time. That's generations. That's generations of living in slavery. That's generations of slavery becoming a way of life. That's being accustomed to be having somebody lording over you. That's accustomed to your peace and your, your, your job that you do and your task because your dad did it and your brother does it and your sister does this. And they were slaves for over 400 years. That's terrible to imagine being that many generations, to be a slave at all. But to be that many generations deep in slavery is it's unimaginable. And God calls Moses, if, if you don't know this story, you should look at it because it's an amazing story. But God calls Moses and he's like, I'm going to use you, Moses, to deliver my people from slavery, from Egypt. And Moses' calling is amazing by itself because he was, he was running because he had killed somebody. And that's right. He was, <laughs> he was running because he had killed somebody. And God's speaking to him from a bush that's burning and not being burnt up. And Moses starts giving excuses to God. Well, I, I'm not the right person because of this, because of this, and because of this. And God counters every one of his, his uh, excuses or reasons why he couldn't do it. And I, I can't give you every detail of the whole story because we don't, just don't have time. But God calls him. He goes back, and, and he walks up to Pharaoh, which is the ruler of the country. And he's like, my God says, let the Israelites go. And that's a scary place to be in right there. And through... Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. The plagues come, the grasshoppers, the frogs, the water turned to blood. All this stuff happens. And finally, Pharaoh gives in after the firstborn kids are, are dead from God's plagues. He finally says, okay, they can go. And they start on this journey out of Egypt because God has given them this, this promised land that he's given them a vision of. And he's taking them from slavery to freedom. And he's taking them from, from generations of slavery and, and being under the, 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 the thumb of somebody else to letting them be free people and make their own decisions. And taking them to a, a land he's promised them. Well, on the way, we all know that freedom's not free, right? We all know that there's stuff to do for freedom. And, and sometimes freedom gets you outside of your comfort zone. 
So they're on this journey to freedom. And in Exodus chapter 16, 3, uh, the, the, you know, it's, it's, it's getting tough. They're getting the same food over and over and over, and they're just not having a good time. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So they're in a place of freedom. They're out of slavery. They're on their way to the promise that that God has, has got for them. And they're saying, if only we had died as slaves. We had a lot to eat. We were comfortable. Yes, we were slaves, but we were comfortable. And you brought us out here. You've exposed us. And now this isn't easy. And we want to be back over there in slavery again. They were in a place of freedom, but they still had the mentality of a slave. You know, you can be a slave to your comfort zone. They were slaves. They couldn't make a decision for themselves. They had no authority. They had no real life. They did their job. They had food. They did their job. They had food. But it was comfortable for them because it's what they knew. And as soon as they got outside of that comfort zone and, and God began to stretch them and they, they began to have to make decisions and, and experience life, they said, we just want to go back there and be comfortable. Even if, it's, even if it's not exactly what God has promised us, we just want some comfort. And we want, we want to be comfortable in a place of freedom, but not free. They said, let, let us, we wish we had died as slaves. Let me give you another example. Same people fast forward to their promise. They were right on the edge of going into their promise. And, and the Bible says that Moses sent out how, t- spies, right? Twelve. He sent out twelve scouts. To go into the promised land where God had told them they were going to live and they were going to have houses and, and all this stuff. Go look at it. Come back and tell us what you see. He sent 12. And they came back and 10 of them were scared. The same mentality they had faced in Exodus chapter 16, they were facing in Numbers chapter 13. Because 10 of them said, we can't do it. I want to read it. Numbers 13, verses 30 to 33. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, This is Caleb. Joshua and Caleb had a good report. They were the two that said, We can do it. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. We can do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. See, you might have to fight some battles for your freedom. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there were of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. Those were giants. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. So they saw the giants. They saw the big people. And they're like, man, we're like grasshoppers to them. And, and listen to this projection right here. And we looked the same to them. Okay, did they interact with them? No. Did they have a conversation? No. Did they fight them? No. Well, how do they know they look like that, that they look like grasshoppers to the giants? Their perception in their mind automatically categorized them as smaller, as weaker, as less than because of what was going on up here. They still didn't have after God had brought them through this whole Desert and, and pillars of cloud and fire and providing food and all this stuff. They didn't believe. 
They still had the mentality of a slave. They didn't have a free mind. We seem like grasshoppers to them and in our own eyes. So their image and their fear is what is driving them. Their desire for comfort, their desire for their comfort zone, to have things the way they want it. That's what's driving them, and it's keeping them from their promise, and they're, they're living in a free place, but they're living in slavery. They assumed what they looked like to somebody else. That's insecurity. And because that was controlling them, that is bondage. They were slaves to their own mind games because they were insecure, and they were full of fear. And go forward one chapter to chapter 14. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fail by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. God had brought them out of slavery. He had brought them out of bondage. And they were so insecure, so driven by comfort, so full of fear, so wanting things their way, that they were willing to to stop at the edge of their promise and elect a new leader to take them back and submit to Pharaoh to be a slave again. We don't understand that because we're free people. We're born free. We live in an amazing country where we have all these freedoms that other parts of the world, they just don't have. But they were willing to give up everything God had given them and everything he had called them to be, every place he had called them to go, just so they could be comfortable. They were bound by their own desires, their insecurity, their need for comfort, their need for stability. They were bound by those things, and they were living in a place of freedom, but they were slaves. Not only did they say they were better off as a slave, they wanted to go back to be slaves. Harriet Tubman said this, and, and if you don't know, she was a huge part of the Underground Railroad during slavery, and she freed thousands of people. And somebody asked her one time about the thousands of people she had helped free, and she's like, yeah, that's true. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> she said, but I could have freed thousands more if only they had known they were slaves. See, sometimes we get in such a, place of, such a place of comfort and routine and just accepting things as they are or wanting things how we want them that we don't even realize that we are submitting to something that we don't have to, that we're giving into something that we weren't designed to give into. We're letting something control us and dictate us and lord over us that God did not design to have that position in our life. And we don't have freedom of the mind. And everything, I'm going to get to this in a minute, but everything we are and will be stems from our mind. And if we're not free in our mind, we're not going to be free in our life. And if we're we're driven by insecurity and fear and all those things and, and, and the desire for comfort and to have things exactly how we want them, we are not going to be free people. So they want to go back and be slaves. So how did God respond to this? God was so angry at their mental bondage because he had set them free. He had brought them out. They didn't have to answer to anybody anymore. He was so angry at their mental bondage and their small thinking and their lack of faith and their desire for comfort 
that he sentenced them to wander literally. If you look at a map of their travels for 40 years, they wandered in a big circle in the desert for 40 years. Why, why 40 years? Why is that significant? Because except for the two people that said we can do it, they all died. He killed off a generation of people that wouldn't trust him. That wouldn't believe him for the big things. That wouldn't, that wouldn't allow themselves to be set free. In those 40 years, Joshua and Caleb, man, were like, I'm done with this mess. And they began to sow seeds of freedom in minds. And they began to sow seeds of hope and a promise and a vision. And they came back to that same spot 40 years later. And guess what happened then? They went across. And they got the land of promise. And they defeated all those giant armies. Why? Because God promised it. And if God says it, guess what happens? It will come to pass. But they had to get rid of that mental bondage and that, 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 that mindset of slavery. And if it requires waiting, God will wait. An entire generation of small thinkers had to go away before they got their promise. They weren't in physical slavery any longer, but they were still mental slaves. And that's why what we think is so so important. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. The word heart in Greek is cardia, and the Hebrew is labab. And they're all interchanged for what? Our mind. So when that scripture says, guard your heart, it's guard your mind. Above all else, guard your mind for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think in your mind, as you, your, your image of you, that's who you are. Your image of what you can do, that's what you can do. Your image of what you can be, that's what you can be. Your image of what you can have, that's what you'll have. Why? Because as you think in your heart, that's who you are. As whatever you project in your life, that's who you're going to become. That's why our mind is so vital to living free. Some, some people in this room, you've had words spoken over you. Negative words, harmful words, hurtful words. And you've remembered and, you have, and, and they've rooted themselves in your mind and your spirit. And, and they've, they've shaped your life. They've grown in your heart. And you fought the battle of not becoming that person, but it, it seems that no matter what you do, you, you still go toward being this person. Why? Because it's in there. And at some point, you believed it. You believed you were less than. You believed you were a loser. You believed you were lazy. You believed all these things. But guess what? They don't get to say who you are. They don't get to say who you can be. They don't get to say what you can have. They don't get to say what your defining characteristics are. Guess who gets to say that? You do. You get to decide who you're going to be and what you're going to do. Guess what? It's time for you to be free of that stuff today. Today. It doesn't have to be, well, I'm going to think about this and, and through a, a, a matter of time and a series of steps and all this kind of stuff, I'll, I'll start to, to, to change. No, we can make a decision. That's a beautiful thing about, about our mind is that we can make a decision to do something and we can do it. 
And we can be vigilant, and we can do it today, and we can do it tomorrow, and we can do it Tuesday. And before you know it, your mindset starts to change. And when your mindset changes, who you are changes. You want to be thin? Think you're thin. Don't be delusional. The caterpillar doesn't become a, butter, a butterfly by thinking, I'm a butterfly, I'm a butterfly. No. The caterpillar becomes a butterfly by going into a cocoon and changing. And then he comes out a beautiful butterfly. If we start thinking, I'm thin, I'm thin, I'm thin, we're going to drink less Coke. We're going to eat less junk. We're going to go through the drive-thru less often. Why? Because we're thinking, this is my goal, this is my goal, this is who I want to be. So today is the day that you can start to become free. You're not a loser. You're not a loser. You're not an abuser. Has anybody ever, ever, ever said to you that you're going to be just like, mm, and it was not meant in a good way? Most people, when they make a statement like that, they're not talking about the successful person that everybody loves, that has everything they need, and that's following God and has their life in order. They're talking about somebody that's an alcoholic, or a drug addict, or an abuser, or somebody that that hasn't done everything right, and they're trying to put that on you. Don't own that. You don't have to be that person. You get to choose who you are. You are not a loser, and you're not an abuser. You're not an addict. You're not lazy. You're not dumb. You're not stupid. Who's been called stupid before and somebody meant it? Stupid is as stupid does. So you're only stupid if you own it and act that way. Don't let the words, don't let the hurtful words that somebody spoke over you take root in your mind and your spirit and dictate who you become. You get to choose that. You may have never heard this before, but you get to choose who you will be. And just because somebody said you will be that way, just because maybe it's even genetic. Maybe, maybe there's stuff and you're, you're predisposed to this or that. Whatever. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to be that way. You may be broke, but that doesn't mean you have to be broke-minded. There's a difference. You can be in a place where you don't have money, but you don't have to live that way forever. How? Stop thinking that way. Stop spending every penny you get. It's just true. Set goals. Think differently. Surround yourself with different people that have different goals than that have the same goals that you want to have. Because what we say weeks and weeks and weeks ago, show me your five closest friends and I will show you your future. It will happen. You can be broke, just don't be broke-minded. You may have suffered a setback. We all do. But that doesn't mean you've lost. You only lose when you quit. You only lose when you give up. You only lose when you accept that persona that's been, that's been spoken over you and, and somebody tried to put on you. Fight. We got any fighters? Any fighters? Freedom's not free. Freedom is not free. Scripture calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of us. That means he, he has negative things spoken over us. He tells us, well, you did that. You can't do this. Your, your, your dad did this. You can't be this. 
You, you, this is in your past. That means you're stuck here, that you'll never go beyond. No. He is the accuser, and he puts those things in your mind and in your spirit, and they're spoken over you. Why? Because he wants to keep you right where you are. Because he knows if you ever get truly free that you'll do damage to him and his kingdom. God wants us to be free today. He wants us to be free. There's an ongoing battle in your mind, and you can. I would say, I can. I can win because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things. Nothing, nothing shall be impossible to me. That's not because I think it. It's not because I, I, it's a good idea. It's because it's scripture. Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, a little tiny bit of faith, that nothing will be impossible to you. You fight those feelings. You fight those thoughts. You fight those words spoken over you. How? With the word of God. Thinking negative thoughts is slavery. I'll say it again. Thinking negative thoughts is slavery because negative words are in direct opposition to the word of God. The phrase, I can't. Think about that. Don't raise your hands. Do we have any frequent sayers of I can't? Do your kids say I can't? My wife has always been amazing about this. Because I can't is in direct opposition to the word of God. Because scripture says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So every time growing up, they're not old yet, but every time my kids say I can't do something, she'll say, whoa, 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 stop, stop right there. And she makes them repeat that verse. Quote the verse. Oh, I can do all the same. <laughs> Shoulders drop, head goes back. So frustrated because mom's making me do this again. Suck it up, buttercup. Why? Because making them repeat that verse when they say, I can't do something, it's in direct opposition to a promise of God. And you repeat that verse, and instead of saying, I can't, getting in your mind, your spirit, I can do all things, gets in my spirit and in my mind. And it changes how I think. It changes how I approach things. It changes how I dream. Y'all, I got some big dreams. Anybody have big dreams? You know what Satan wants to, to do to us? He wants us to let these negative thoughts and things spoken over us get in our mind and our spirit so much that it kills our dreams. That it, that, that it stops our ability to think outside the box and dream. If y'all knew what was in my head and what I look at on a daily basis, good stuff, and, and dreams and plans, if y'all knew that, it would freak some of y'all right out. Some of y'all be like, there is no way on God's green earth this is ever going to happen. Well, that's fine. You'll get there. Why? Because God's going to open our minds. He's going to free our minds. And we're going to think and we're going to dream and we're going to plan and we're going to let him do amazing things through us. The biggest fear Satan has is that your mind gets free and you let God expand your thinking and you become bigger than what you are right now. That's it. I can do all things. I quote this scripture so much right here, Romans 12, 2. If you don't know any scripture from me being up here, you will know this one. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. 
Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We're not transformed by coming to church. It's a piece of it. You need to be here early, on time, ready to worship. Yes, coming to church is a piece of it, but just coming to this place will not transform you. We're transformed when our mind is renewed. Why? Because we're programmed with negativity. We're programmed with what the world tells us to do, which is, which is typically in direct opposition to the word of God. So we completely have to be reprogrammed. We have to unplug from the matrix. And have our minds conditioned the way God intended them to be. This is how we win. This is how we win. We become transformed by having our minds renewed. How do we do that? Through thought replacement therapy. Yeah, that's from my head. You can tell. Thought replacement therapy. Hebrews 3.1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in this heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Think about him. Consider him. Look to him, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy before him, Endure the shame of the cross. We were the joy before him. The relationship that he was restoring is why he died for us. So when those thoughts enter your mind, think about him. We're going further. Negative thoughts, think about Jesus. It's that simple. But let's go further in Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brethren. This is a lot, so listen. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure. or I'm sorry, true. We'll get to pure in a minute. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. There's your thought replacement therapy right there. If it's true, if it's honest, if it's just, if it's pure, if it's lovely, if it's a good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's praise, think on these things. This is what we're supposed to think on. Not, not I can't do this. Not on, well, I was told this, and, or my dad was this, or my uncle was this, and I guess this is who I'll be, or, or this. And I, you see my point. You can accept anybody's identity, anybody's words over you, but I would much rather accept the words of God Almighty over me than I would accept somebody else who's mad at me. Somebody who's trying to make me smaller than them so they can feel better about themselves. Think about that. Anybody who talks down to you, anybody who says, well, you'll never do this. Anybody who says, well, your dad was this, your uncle was this, and you're going to be this. They're trying to keep you in a spot where they feel superior to you and they're not your friend. And they don't love you like they need to love you. Let me qualify that. Sometimes we need to free ourselves from relationships that are toxic and relationships that are harmful to us. If somebody's not speaking life to you, they're speaking death. And if somebody's continually putting that in your spirit, in your mind, and trying to get you to assume that identity about yourself, it's time for you to pull away. You can be salt and light to them. We'll get to that in a minute. But it's time for you to stop. You decide who has a voice in your life. You decide who speaks into your mind and your spirit. 
And you need to make sure the people speaking into you are lifting you up, are speaking good things, of things of hope and things of promise to you. No, you need friends that will be real and tell you when you're being an idiot. You do. I got a good amen on that one. Because sometimes we, we need a friend that says, hey, you're being an idiot right now. You need to stop. That doesn't mean you're a loser. It doesn't mean you're going to be this person. You need to stop what you're doing and stop and think about this for a minute because you're going down a wrong path. That's a good friend. They're not telling you who you can be, and they're not, they're not speaking curses over you. They're trying to help you out of, of a stupid situation. You, en- you may not enjoy that, but that's a good friend, and we need those in our life, right? Think about this for a moment. How many of our thoughts in a 24-hour period don't pass this litmus test of, of true and honest and just and pure and lovely and a good report, virtue and praise. How many thoughts go through our mind and some we stop and, you know, we, we have thoughts that fleet through our mind all the time. Boom, 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 boom. And some, it's like, it's like a conveyor belt. Poop, poop, poop thoughts all the time. And like, oh, we'll grab that one out and think on it for a minute. Put it back. Poop, poop, poop. Oh, let's think about that one for a minute. That's how our mind works. How many of those thoughts that we think about, that we dwell on, don't fit in this pattern? It dictates who we are. It starts, it, it's, it, at the very least, it starts by dictating your mood. There's stuff going on right now that if I think about I get angry, and I get sad, and all the, all the emotions and the feels happen. And I have to check my wife kicked my tail yesterday. Not physically. She just let me know I was being stupid. And I had to own it. Because I was. Not at her, just how I was approaching things in general. And life, and work, and ministry, and all those things. And I have to make some changes because of that. That's a good wife. Guys, if you don't listen to your wife's intuition and insights, you're not in a good place. That's free. Our thoughts control everything from our mood to our future. And if we don't have freedom in our mind, if we're not thinking thoughts of, of, of promise and thinking godly thoughts, and we're, we're dwelling on junk and trash and negativity and, and stuff all the time, we're not going to be in a place where God wants us to be. And we're not going to be able to, to do the things that he's called us to do. If I'm just worried about how I want things to be all the time, where's God's calling in that? I'm 10, and I just want a Big Mac because I want it, and it tastes good. I like Big Macs, but I can't have them every day. I can't have them once a week. Why? Because they're terrible for me. That's the truth. Think homework for today. Tomorrow morning, I want you to revisit, that's beautiful, Philippians 4, 8. And nine, and I want you to analyze your thoughts from the rest of today. And I want to, I, I want you to think about this: How many of my thoughts fit this pattern? What we need to get rid of are thoughts of fear, thoughts of insecurity, thoughts of hate, thoughts of anger, thoughts of revenge. We don't have to worry about revenge; God's got us. Thoughts of doubt. Thoughts of self-loathing. They aren't of God. 
They aren't of God, and they're only there to keep you bound, to keep you in a place where it's not good for you. It's to keep you living in, a, in, in slavery, in an environment of freedom, because this is a freedom. This is an environment of freedom, and God wants you to be free. When that happens, I want you to do something for me. When you think thoughts of negativity or I'm not good enough or, or this this will never work out or I'll never be this or I can never do that, I want you to do something for me. Just say these words. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Say that. When that happens, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. What did, what did Jesus say to Satan when he was tending in the desert? Get behind me, Satan. You piece of trash. Get behind me. Stop. You don't know who I am. Well, that's Jesus talking. Well, see, we don't have that same mindset. We don't have that same mentality, but that's, we're God's children. We should have that same mentality. When we have thoughts of inadequacy and fear and doubt and self-loathing and all those things, just get behind me, Satan. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. That leads to question, so who are you? Who, 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 who? Some of y'all got it. Who? Oh, I, I, I may not know exactly all the things of who I am and who God's got me to be. But I know whose I am. I know whose I am, and, and that's really all that matters. You can say who you think I am. You, others may try to impose their view of who I am on me, and people have tried to do that. But... All that really matters is who God says I am. I'm talking about having a free mind. All that matters is, is who God says, that I, because I am who he says I am. I am who he says I am, and I will have what he says I will have. And that's all I need. That's it. I am being transformed by renewing my mind daily. The next time negative and fearful and insecure, destructive thoughts try to make, take residence in your mind, fight them off with some of this. This is going to take a second, so stay with me. And if you want this list when I'm done, you can have it. I am God's child. That's John 1. I am Christ's friend. That's John 15. I am justified. Romans 5. I said we're going to fight this with the word of God, right? I am justified. Romans 5. I've been bought with a price and I belong to God, 1 Corinthians 6. I have direct access to God, Ephesians 2. I have been forgiven of all my sins. Think about that one for a minute. I have been forgiven of all my sins, Colossians 1. I am complete in Christ, Colossians 2. That's who I am. I am free forever. Everybody say forever. forever. Of condemnation, Romans 8. I'm assured that all things work together for good, Romans 8 again. I cannot ever. Everybody say ever. ever. Never ever. I heard our president say that. Never ever. I cannot ever be separated from the love of God. Romans 8 again. You know, some people, you may think that your sin can separate you from, from the love of God. Your sin may separate you from God. But nothing Nothing will ever, ever separate you from the love of God. That's how vast and how powerful his love is. There's nothing that has the power to do that ever. 
I am confident that God will complete the work he started in me. That's Philippians 1. I'm a citizen of heaven, Philippians 3. I've been, I haven't been given a spirit of fear. For all of you that are afraid about your future and what, and what this looks like. I haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1. I'm born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. 1 John 5. I am the salt and light of the earth, Matthew 5. Matthew 5. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit, John 15. I am a personal witness of Jesus Christ, Acts 1. God's Spirit lives in me, Acts 1. I am God's temple, 1 Corinthians 3. I am God's workmanship, Ephesians 2. I may approach God with freedom and confidence, Ephesians 3. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4. Nothing is impossible to me, Matthew 17. Is that enough? Let's free our minds. Let's think differently. I'm not a loser. I'm not lazy. I'm not ignorant. I'm not stupid. I'm not bound. This is not who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. And that frees my mind. Because when I am his and, and, and he's guiding me, I am free from the responsibility of it all. Why? Because my steps are ordered. And all I have to do is walk in them. This seems simple, doesn't it? But this is who God says I am, and this is what he says I can do. And that's all that matters. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you try to impose on me. This is what I am imposing on myself. I don't care what limitations somebody tries to give me. It doesn't matter. I don't care that somebody tells me that something's impossible. It doesn't matter because they're being stupid. The very fact they have the audacity to tell me what God can and can't do means they don't get it. If your dreams don't make you nervous, they're not big enough. If your dreams don't make you a little bit shaky, they're not God dreams. Why? Because God wants to do things in your life that you can't do by yourself. Think about it. If you, could, if, you, if you could make everything that you ever dreamt about happen, well, guess what? You did it all by yourself. You get all the glory, all the credit, and you're awesome. Woohoo! But man, if you have some dreams that you know, there's no way it can happen. I was talking to Pastor Andrew about something earlier today. I said, the deal is, if this stuff happens, it's awesome. Because we can't do it. There's no physical way on God's earth we can make this right here happen. But if it happens, guess what? It's just a huge God thing, and we just go forward and move with it. Those are God dreams. And somebody may tell you, when you have a God dream, and it's, so, it's burning inside of you, and you share it with somebody, oh, you can never do that. That's never going to happen. They don't have the same freedom that you have right there. They need what you have. And you, you know what? Instead of letting that sink in your spirit, instead of, letting, in, instead of owning that, don't own that mess. Instead of owning that, you just log it. Not as an I told you so. No, that's not the spirit we have. It's the spirit of when God does it, you can go back and say, no, I couldn't do it. This is not me. This is God living inside of me because I'm his child and I'm, the, I'm his temple. And, and I, he, he, I have what he says I can have and I do what he says I can do. And it doesn't always make sense to me, but his plans are bigger than mine. Yeah. 
His thoughts are higher than mine. It, it may not always make sense to me. It may not always be logical, but I know he's got me, and he's leading me this way, and this is what's going to happen. And when it, does get, when, it, when it blows up and gets awesome, it's not you who gets credit, but it's God. And instead of, instead of you feeling good because they're stroking your ego a little bit, oh, man, you're awesome. You point them back to Jesus. No, this was bigger than me. This is because I, I let go of myself and I got beyond myself and my abilities and God did something that I couldn't do. And somebody else's life is affected from that point on because of, of something you let God do through you and your mind got free of slavery and you got out of the position of thinking, I just want to be comfortable. Comfort will kill you. Safety will kill you. We have to move out of comfort and out of safety and live on the edge a little bit. I'm going to scare some of y'all. Live on the edge a little bit and say, I don't, it doesn't make sense, but I've got this. God's got me. He's got me. He's got my family. He'll take care of us. This is who God says I am, and this is what he says I can do. Let's stand together. is about freeing our minds. There's a war going on inside of every one of us right now, this very moment, because you know what time it is right now. It's not quite time for lunch, but it's the end of service, so you know it's going to be time to pray about something. And some of you right now are having this war going on in your mind. Well, something kind of clicked, but I don't want to walk up there. I'm embarrassed. I'm shy. I'm insecure. That may all be true. But let me ask you this. How important is freedom to you? How important is having a free mind to you? How important is getting rid of thoughts of insecurity and fear and anxiety and just being selfish and wanting things your way. How, how important is it to you to get rid of those things and to have an open and free mind that God can speak to you and God can expand your thinking to the point where God transforms who you are and the very trajectory of your life. That's where I want to live. And your, your perception may be that because I'm standing here today that I have it all together and that I have all the answers and you couldn't be farther from the truth. Because I have insecurities just like you do. I have fear just like you do. I have issues and family history just like you do. I've got family stories that probably most of y'all can't match. Just, it's crazy. And people spoken things over me that said I would be exactly like that. And I'm not. Partly because of decisions I've made, but a lot because my mom and dad prayed for me hours and hours and hours. So you get to choose today who you're going to be going forward. If you're going to live like you've 
like we are expected to live or if we're going to let God do something amazing in our life. The call today is simple. The call to prayer today is very simple. If you can't identify with some of the things that I just read with those scripture references, then come let us pray with you.